This year, Jazz Inspired celebrates its 20th anniversary by revisiting some of our favorite, most inspiring conversations. Today, we hear my hilarious, informative, all-around swinging time with vocalist Kurt Elling. Halfway through our first hour together, I realized we could go on for more and asked Kurt if he had time to continue. He did, which resulted in a wonderful two-part show that we are revisiting today and next week. Kurt Elling's spectacular technique and four-octave range are often mentioned and celebrated, but what's most important to him is his emotional connection to music and telling a story through his performances, which draws his audiences into a shared, heightened experience. The following was recorded in New York City in 2015. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I asked Kurt what he tells vocalists who want to learn to scat, that often abused form of improvised jazz singing in which the voice is used to imitate an instrument. That's a typical question that, that comes up in a master class, and I mean, you kind of gear a whole thing around that. And I guess a couple of ways to look at it would be, first of all, if you're going to, if you're going to scat, then you have to understand that it is it is the same... Uh, it's the same task in front of you as uh, an instrumentalist. Um, it's not going to be easier because you're a singer. It's probably going to be harder because you don't have frets and you don't have specific places to put your hands or your fingers or your embouchure in the place that's going to get a specific thing. So your technique, even before we get to what scatting is, your technique is going to have to be extremely developed so that you're singing specific pitches and specific intervals with clarity. And then you get to the big question, how do you know what to play? How do you know what to sing? And that is a question of a composer. What scatting or improvisational music requires is that the artist create new melodies that are coherent, that tell a story, that have a architecture to it, a beginning, a middle, and an end that that uh, reveals the emotional life that you're feeling at that moment. You have to answer all the... In doing so, you have to answer all the questions that a composer answers. Many notes, few notes, high notes, low notes, which notes, when to take a breath, loud or soft, etc., etc. All these things, and you have to do it now in real time, in front of an audience, in collaboration with other musicians. So what you're asking to do is a substantial musical challenge. It's a substantial musical feat. It's not a, it's not a mountain you cannot climb, but you should give it its due in a way that any self-respecting tenor saxophone player gives it his or her due, in a way that any piano player of note gives it I mean, you have to know, you have to know kind of what you're doing. Uh, now, there's a way to go down that road, and it's to start wherever you are now, and to begin with any composition you want to improvise over, and to start writing melodies slowly, as slowly as it takes. To start making choices, start with just one chord, start with four measures, start with what are the 
notes that are the same between the first two chords, back and forth. Just start with a vamp and see where you go as you make dedicated and conscious choices about what melodies sound good. You know, the simple, the, the, the interesting thing is that what starts in the sound of complication, when one starts to explain such a thing, you have to know all these things, and you have to make all these choices, ends in perfect simplicity. Does it sound good or not? <laughs> that is the bottom line. That's the bottom line. So so There was a boy, a certain strange enchanted boy. They said he traveled very far, very far over land and sea. Little shy and sad of eye, but very wise was he. And then one day, what magic day, he came my way, and as we spoke of many things, fools and kings, this he said to me. Nature Boy. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Kurt talked about his advice to aspiring jazz singers, especially those who want to improvise and scat. Be prepared to dedicate yourself. Be prepared to sacrifice your time and your effort and be frustrated and all that, so that on the other end of it, you can improvise with a sense of ease, a sense of mastery, a sense of information that you've been given from those who have gone before, be they singers or be they um, instrumentalists. I mean, oftentimes I'll, I won't be consciously channeling a saxophone player, but there are melodies that want a saxophone sound that are asking for that. There are melodies that want a trumpet sound. There are melody, you know, when you're out there. Um, but that's the kind of answer I would give. Mm. And I would hope that I to some extent, have lived up to the advice I give to people. I hope so. Um, I know how far I have to go not having gone to music school. Uh, but you've studied, and you've been singing I've a long time. I've studied, and I've worked really hard, and I've, I'm trying real hard to catch up to everybody. 
Um, but I think it's significant what you're saying. What, what really comes to me is that a lot of times I've heard people who scat, and I will ask them about it, mm-hmm. what their thinking was mm. with that. And very often it's almost a fallback. They've, they maybe don't know the lyric or they, they, mm. just, they say, oh, I'm swept away and I want to act like a horn. It's a very casual thing when I think it's the highest level to me, it's of involvement, it is rocket science, and everything you just said is all about it being serious in the yeah. preparation, in the execution, yeah. in the intent, and all of that. That's what really hits me. I mean, all of all of our lives as as jazz um, craftspeople, I guess. You know, you as I say, you start from wherever you start, but you discover along the way how much you really love it. Do you really love it that much? Do you really love it enough to sacrifice for it? Do you really love it enough to tie yourself to the piano bench? Do you really love it enough to stay indoors on a beautiful day and do the work? I mean, all the ways that... But you discover over your life how much you really love it, what stays. You discover how much talent you really have. You discover how much heart and courage and conviction you have. When somebody comes up to you at a club and you thought you just did a really nice set and you feel great and you deserve to feel great and then some insane person comes over and says the craziest thing that just is like a little razor knife. For no reason that you have done, there's nothing you've done wrong, it's just that person's going down their road and they need to try to take somebody down because you're full of joy and they're not. And you need to overcome that as much as you need to co- overcome the voices inside your own head that tell you you're not good enough or you're, or you're afraid or you don't belong or what have you. Um, you find out whether you, whether you really have it whether you have enough sand to really go and do that thing that you say you're in love with. And the people who just play at jazz singing do a disc. I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's nothing. I, I'm not saying anything that's, that's new, it's, you know, but they do a disservice to the music and to the history and the people who've given their lives. I mean, I mean, Lester Young gave his life to play the music, to play what was in his heart. their lives they couldn't go in and use the bathroom and they couldn't get off the bus and eat in a restaurant and they i mean you know people give given their lives for this music and so to just come out there with a little ooby doo scooby bop or whatever that's 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 the reason why there are singer jokes it's the right. reason why right exactly you know i'll have i'll have students and they'll say how can we how can we 
get them to stop making fun of us. <laughs> be great. Yeah, be great. <laughs> be great. It's pretty simple. It's a direct line. It's a direct line. They won't they won't make fun of you if you come and throw down and you bring it and you know what key you're in and how it's going to go and you call it off. I mean, it's it's all this stuff is so straightforward and singers I shouldn't say singers, but you know, people like to have an excuse and there are really just aren't any. So Louis Armstrong, now there's a man who could scat. There's a man who understood more than, uh, more than, almost more than you can say, because it, because it was intuitive with him and it was, it was the perfect marriage of musical intuition and musical training. Mm. It was the perfect mix of, I mean, because his thing came from his horn playing. So he already knew what the muse, what kinds of melodies the music wanted when it came to improvisation. It was one and the same thing. It was just playing his horn lines through his voice. Um, you know, uh, the, the complex technical maneuvers that he played with seemingly effortless mastery on the horn, they just translate immediately to his vocal choices. And that's incredibly powerful and then you you know so it isn't really the sound of his voice and we're gonna i you know i think we're gonna find this time and again as we go through the list of stuff that i brought today it's not it's not the sound mm. of a lot of these singers it's what they do as musical masters to communicate um to communicate the music in a deep and splendid and and thrilling kind of a way and pops had that um, he, as he sings, what you hear is you hear both the most refined and the most raw of sounds, the most refined intellect and the most raw of vocal sonic arenas, I guess, if you will. He's the ultimate jazz singer, but he's the ultimate singer of any genre when it comes to improvisational music because of the, trans, the, the transparency of heart that's happening, transparency of heart and intellect, um, so that you're not noticing. I mean, try to sing some of the stuff that he sang, all you singers out there, and you'll find that the intervals are just as hard as when you're trying to play a John Coltrane song <laughs> to train yourself without a fret to do. And trumpet players, too, try to play some of those really high notes that he goes for, and your lips are going to get tired. And it's so generous. It's so generous, the stuff that he does. And it's so healing for people, for me, for... I mean, you can't, you, you can't, you got, you just have to start smiling. It takes you out of yourself. I love how you say it's healing because I do think of that joy with my favorite players, even when they're singing something sad. Yeah. There's still that, that humanity in there. You know, people talk about Bing Crosby and it's true. Bing Crosby uh, adapted the human voice to the microphone in a in a way that hadn't been done before but he learned his swinging from pops and he learned that it could be done so you can whisper you can shout you you know so here comes the 20th century with Louis Armstrong 
uh, and here comes every trick that any jazz singer will ever play. <laughs> because he invented it all. If he if if not a founding father, if not the single founding father, he you know, he, he is he is the founding father of jazz singing, if not American popular singing. Mm. Um and what I so I, I didn't choose a thing where he's scatting. I chose a thing that's with the orchestra and his beautiful broken heart and his ability to portray a song, to embody, to act a song and embody it in a real 100% kind of a way. So, and this is from the the profound, possibly the greatest vocal collaboration album in jazz history, the one between uh, Pops and Ella Fitzgerald when they did Porgy and Bess in 1957. So profound, so beautiful. Bess Oh, where's my best? Won't somebody tell me where? I don't care what she says. I don't care what she's done. Won't somebody tell me where is my best? I want her now Without her Somebody tell me where's my best? Oh, I love her so, my girl, my best. Where is she? Oh, love in your big heaven. Show me where I must go. Oh, give me the strength. Show me the way. Louis Armstrong, a favorite of my guest, vocalist Kurt Elling. Kurt discussed dramatizing a song as opposed to acting or embodying it. That's when you have like a Lena Horn comes on and now you are messed up for life. Yeah. Because you are experiencing the four-dimensional, fifth-dimensional aspect of, of the human body vibrating with sound and that's a physical event it's not a it's not just a physical event for the singer it's a physical event for every hearer sound waves travel literally travel through space and they 
vibrate inside your ear and the little bones inside of there tap, 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 tap. And now your brain takes the chemical signals and organizes that. But it's a physical event. Mm -hmm. So you feel it in your heart. You feel it in your larynx. You feel it in your eyes. You all oh, This whole thing is vibrating. So you get somebody who's bringing the, the real straight news of what is in that song. And they bring it like that with conviction and force, and you get the real thing of not just a broken heart, but the catastrophe of the broken heart, of the real song. And maybe they've told you a story before it happens. You know, Lena Horne in her great classic show, she, t she sings Stormy Weather up front, and then she tells her whole life, and then she comes in at the end, and then she lays it on you again. And now you are her servant and it's done <laughs> and it's done because she's that magnificent yeah. and she has overcome that much. And that song becomes that thing. And it's not just some pop song for somebody. It's an event. Don't know why there's no sun up in the sky. Stormy weather. Since my man and I together Keeps raining all the time Life is bare Gloom and misery everywhere Stormy weather Just can't get my Self together, I'm weary all the time. The time, yes, yes, I'm weary all the time. Since you went away, the blues walked in and met me. If he stays away, old rocking chair will get me. All I do is pray the Lord above will let me walk in the sun once more. Can't go on. Everything I had is gone. Stormy. Together keeps raining all the time, keeps raining all the time. I walk around heavy hearted and sad. Night comes around and I'm still.
is just too much for me. Can't go on. Everything I had is gone. Stormy I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Our show is made possible in part with generous support from Steinway & Sons. Visit Steinway.com for more information. And Jazz Times Magazine, providing entertaining and provocative coverage of the jazz scene since 1970. On the web at jazztimes.com. If you're enjoying today's program, please spread the word and encourage your friends to subscribe to Judy Carmichael's Jazz Inspired from all the usual platforms. And follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stride Queen. Today we're revisiting my 2015 conversation with vocalist Kurt Elling. I really don't like playing rooms where I can't see enough of the people. You do like to see them. I want to see if they're asleep. Yeah, I want to see them. You know, or if they're falling in love or if they're looking at their watch. Oh, that's the worst. You know, or, (laughs) you know, these days it's a drag because people look, they don't look at their watch. They look on their phone. So then it lights up. I mean, people, come on. We see you with your phones. If you're that bored, it's kind of breaking my heart because I'm working really hard up here. Well, because you're completely committed. That's what I'm thinking about when you talk about, that's what really strikes me about your work is that not only... Are you telling a story, which is what everybody always says, tell a story. But they say that to instrumentalists as well. Get up there, tell a story. You're creating a movie for me. I'm trying. Well, that's how it is. It works for me. I, I'm, I'm not only hearing your story, but I'm picturing it. I'm smelling the air. I'm feeling mm. the rain. I'm, Thank you. I'm getting the whole I thing. I hope that's true. Well, it is. And I think that if you 
that takes a level of commitment and that can be taken away in a minute, which is why I'm glad we're talking about yeah. this because I don't really think people they're not thinking that, but if they thought that it, that they come and want us to be that committed, I, I found it physically painful sometimes when I hear a crash when I'm really into a tune. My mm. head's down at the piano, so I'm not looking out, yeah. and I'll hear something and I'll I'll feel it. Yeah, you. I mean, there's a, it's a it's a miraculous, I guess, magical. It, you can you need to cast a spell. You're trying to cast a spell over an audience. You're trying to draw everybody in, and it isn't. I don't think it's necessary. It's not a matter of ego. It's a matter of wanting to engage in a heightened experience. Mm-hmm. But it takes us back a little bit, I think, to the to singers too, who have experienced stuff like that, but don't, but n- n- maybe haven't explained it to themselves that they've fallen in love with something. They've they've had an experience that somebody else has brought to the table, and they want to get in there. And they want to do it, or they think they want to do it, but they don't understand yet the gravity and the force of will and the over personal, I mean, the amount of just personal growth away from the art form and away from being on the stage and away from working on music, specifically the stuff that you have to do as a human being to, to be able to do that to draw, to spin that web, mm. to cast that spell in a in, in a way that is the most effective, most electrically charged, most earth shattering way. You have to be in. You got to go down a long road. I have had to go down a long road with myself. I I walked on the stage early on, really wanting to provide that, but I think I was young and overwrought on things and you know you need seasoning you need a million hours in front of audiences in order to pull this stuff off and you need a million hours with yourself to get over whatever fear you have whatever compunction whatever mm, i oh i'm gonna hold back because i feel tenuous about this or or i don't know the music well enough or whatever it is and really it's i really feel for myself it's really only been in the past couple of years when I have been naturally myself enough on stage to give as much of the gift as I've wanted to give, I guess, or share it because they're, because the audience is giving it to you too. It isn't just a one way thing in the band there. And it's taken all these years to kind of grow out of my, uh, whatever that was overwrought thing. But I, think- <laughs> but I think it's also, I love you saying this because one of the things that, that people occasionally say to me that, that have it so wrong is they'll say, well, you just love to get up there and, and show off for the audience and you get that energy. And, and I think they have no idea why I'm doing this mm. because it's so far from that. I'm doing it for the same reason you're doing it for mm. this mutual experience that we have and for the work yeah. it's it's the music it's the practice well, it heals, putting it, it heals together. us because we get to vi- i mean singing god we get to do it, it we, feel, you feel so much better everything you just feel so much better and you hope everybody else can feel a little better too absolutely and you have this with your with your musicians and 
I noticed it was a funny thing when you talk about this in vibrations because you're also interested in the philosophy of it and the whole experiential aspect. I noticed I always, I'd go out before a concert and I'd be kind of, if I was tired or I wasn't looking my best, I was just hadn't gotten enough sleep on the road. And after the concert, I'd look great. Hmm. And I think, and so I started noticing I always, consistently, I looked better after the concert than I did before. And then I started looking at my musicians. Hmm. They all looked better. Yeah. So I asked one of them, I said, have you ever noticed that you look better after a concert, no matter how late, yeah. how sweaty? Yeah. And they all said, oh, yeah, I always look better after a concert. Because I would notice it with, with friends of mine who came, yeah. that they look different. Yeah. So we know physically. For sure. For sure. <laughs> things are I, happening. I'm, I'm much. If, in as much as I get handsome, I'm as handsome as I'm going to get when I'm actually singing. Uh huh. You know, and I'm a little bit taller too. <laughs> <laughs> and my hair's better. Yeah. Oh, it's all better. <laughs> it's all better. But I mean, that's you. It, you're, no, but you're, it is. you're hitting on something that's absolutely true. Well, because you, I, all those, I don't know. It's something like there's over 300 muscles in our face. The whole physiognomy mm-hmm. thing, and. Those little muscles shift and you're it's more relaxed. It's only going to happen the one way, and it's when you're singing. Boy, you, and I'll tell you what, you put a pretty girl on stage and she sings to you, it's just <laughs> heaven. <laughs> I've seen some of these little gals get up, some of these real talented girls, I mean really talented, who are musicians who are doing it, and they're going their own roads like a Sarah Gazarek or a... Uh, a Becca Stevens or a Joe Lowry or something, you get them on stage, boy, they start, I mean, because they're already beautiful women. They're already, and then they start singing and it's just like, oh, come on. Are you <laughs> it kidding me? And now you're going <laughs> to sing and it's going to look like that? Give me a break and everybody else too. Sit <laughs> <laughs> Si te contada la inmensa amargura que llevo tan dentro, la triste historia que noche tras noche de dolor y pena llena mi alma, surge a mi memoria como una condena. Kurt Elling on C. Te Contera from his CD Passion World. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. We'll talk about Mark Murphy, another of, we, well, we both love Mark. Well, Mark, of course, uh, really a gateway drug <laughs> for jazz singers. A gateway drug. <laughs> I love that. That's perfect. That's perfect. You know, uh, Mark really, what, he really shows the rest of us how it is that one takes the history of all the jazz singers who've come before you, you take the history, and you do your thing to it. His eccentricities and his unique take and his singularity is always informed by Pops and by John Hendricks and by Joe Williams and by, you know, Sarah Vaughn and by Ella. He's always informed. He may ignore it (laughs) by going his own way, but 
you know that he loves it all. Yeah. And that, I mean, it may be reflect, it may not be reflected in the, in the choice that he makes as an interpreter. It may be reflected in the history that he tells before the song. It may be reflected in the fact that he's chosen the song at all. It may be reflected in some gasp of the arrangement. It may be reflected in the shoes he's wearing for all I know, but it's always there. And then to take all of that and to be his own singer, the guy you recognize immediately could be no one else. Nobody else could. I mean, it's, it's just Mark. And then, (laughs) and then to be when he's able to be open and when he's not, when he's not afraid, when he's not, because he's so tender and He's, and I say all of this with just admiration and love. I mean, here's a guy who, here's a guy who gave us, he's one of these guys, gave his life to be a jazz singer, gave his life on the road for how many years, living out of an RV, pickup bands night after night. You need to be, you need to protect yourself and get out there and overcome stuff and the unique circumstances of his life. And I just, I just love him. I just love him for the courage that he has shown in his whole life to be that singer, to, to, to break our hearts with his balladry and to be a wizard of the space-time continuum in this completely uproarious and uh, I mean, just eccentric way that interpretations of things, and but then to bring it all home again with "Never Let Me Go," or to bring it all—I mean, it's just outrageous. Now, he's not going to be everybody's bag. He never—I don't think—wanted to be everybody's bag. He, he's the guy who has gone his direction, and in as much as he get, has given it all throughout his life to follow his muse, to create singular musical events, uh, then some kid or grown-up or whatever student comes up to me and they want to do a My Funny Valentine or they want to do some B-flat chart, now God bless them, they're students. So fine, you got to learn. We've all done it. But the word to them is, if you're going to do something like that, you need in your life as an artist, if you're really going to do this, you need to show me and everybody else what there is inside of you that is singular, that is only you, that is weird and eccentric and broken and put upon, and that is going to justify in the music you're doing my funny Valentine. And that answer cannot be you're doing it slower than everybody else. <laughs> I love that. Right? It right. can't be I'm gonna I'm gonna be Chet Baker but myself. Yeah. It can't be any it can't there's no simple answer to that. The uh, the the arrangement choices, the ingenuity, the craftsmanship, the the sweat that that we have to put into the creation of these of these moments exceeds 
anything that any audience will ever be conscious of. But if it's not there, that special thing, that sacrifice, then they'll be conscious that you're boring. And Mark's never boring. <laughs> I love it. Mark is never boring. Authors and poets in prose and in rhyme seem to agree that night is the time of lovers' meetings, romantic greetings to my misfortune. I found this alive. It was night when you whispered goodbye. Night of madness that turned to sadness. Much too soon. Say the 
the autumn breeze. Mark Murphy, a favorite of my guest, vocalist Kurt Elling. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. You're talking about being unique, doing your own thing, all of that, and no one does that more than you. And I'm fascinated with how that all developed and where it's gone now with your most recent CD, which is wonderful. And I love the concept of of going around the world, essentially, mm. because it's what you do all the time anyway, but literally doing it yeah. with different choices in the music. And I loved the concept mm. of how love is expressed mm. in different cultures, because yeah. I travel like you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. And I, and I see, <laughs> yeah, we are going to run into each other in an airport. We I know now. it's going Now that we're pals, it's going to exactly, happen all the time. It's going to happen all the time. It is. We know it is. I loved the expression of that, when you talked about how Brazilians are and how the French are, and being well, yeah, I mean, talk about course, that, I loved it. Of course, they're vast overgeneralizations, but no, I mean, no, you know, but it, but it, was but it does. There is a little bit of truth in. Absolutely. I mean, the French invented the word nonchalance. So I mean, sure. I mean, Jacques Brel, notwithstanding, uh, you, I mean, they. My French audiences recognize themselves when I kind of poke fun of them a little bit and I say, well, you know, um, she left me and... uh, (laughs) I will uh, meet another woman around the corner. uh, (laughs) Right? It's perfect. You're very good at that. I wish we had this filmed. (laughs) That was very good. But but talk about that and your choices, some of the the songs that are on this, and, and putting that... Across. Well, let's start with France. Well, I mean, with the whole French you know, attitude of this. Well, yeah, I mean, so what we're talking about, I mean, the record's called Passion World, and I travel a bunch of nights a year, and I've noticed things. And, I, well, you know, it really started, the, the whole concept started because as I travel, I try to, as I do every night, I want to connect with people. I want them to have, I, I want them to have a night somehow that they will at least remember for a long time. If if not, like, I want to be one of those memories. And people's like, man, I heard, I heard that guy sing one time. I'll never forget what, the, you know, the greatest blah, blah. Uh, and part of doing that when you're in different countries is being kind of extra vulnerable to people who are, I mean, they're already, jazz can be really challenging. Even in the States, it can be really challenging and difficult and weird and whatever. So you try to give people something that you know they're going to like. And one of the ways that I do that is I try to fake a bunch of different languages. <laughs> and I do my best and I learn and I try to get an imper- interpretation happening and I try to choose uh, stuff that can have an arrangement. And so it kind of grew from there. And then I got to work with Richard Galliano, the incredible virtuoso French accordionist. And because I was having him on a show, I know for a fact the incredible flexible virtuosity that he brings into a room. He can, God, I've heard him on several nights in several different locations. And every single time he's working with an oud player over here. He's working with a harmonica player over here. He's working with gypsy guys over here. He's working with somebody playing the spoon. I mean, it's just ridiculous what he, and he, he works it out every time. So I had to pull some stuff together for him. And that meant a bunch of different countries and a bunch of different grooves. And I still am a jazz person, so I wanted to put him into a jazz context. Uh, And I've been gathering stuff since then, and now is the time to make another thing. So here we've got something from France, 
And it goes to our question of before, what are you going to do for La Vie en Rose? You can't just do La Vie en Rose. Everybody's, it's, God, if there's ever a global standard, it's that. So at Micah Bene, great Micah Bene, beautiful, uh, I, you know, uh, I said, Mike, we got to put this over here. We got to put it in this groove. We got to do this thing. And he wrote this gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous uh, uh, interpretation for the Vede Air uh, Orchestra and Big Band. And then I wrote this little uh, lyric in English that's a vocalese interpretation of a Wynton Marsalis solo that kind of puts my own spin on things. And it's, I hope, charming. And it shows off the orchestra beautifully. Um, and it's La Vie en Rose, and you think, ah, oh, come on, really, that's the best you could do? But I'm pretty sure it works. Des mots de tous les jours Et ça quelque chose Tu es entré dans mon cœur Une part des bonheurs Dont je connais la cause C'est toi pour moi Moi pour toi dans la vie la la journée pour la vie et dès que je l'aperçois alors je sens ce bois mon cœur qui bat My guest Kurt Elling from his CD Passion World I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Passion World celebrates the different attitudes about love in various parts of the world. I commented to Kurt that I've noticed these differences in my travels as well. I've spent a lot of time in Brazil. Yeah. And I found that I, I like you, speak a bunch of, I fake a yeah. bunch of languages. And it would get more and more when I was in Brazil, because they're so reinforcing. They're it. so lovely. And I would find that I was really seriously flirting with the audience. Yeah. And my guys were talking about it, and the audience was laughing. And I would say in Portuguese, my, my lovely Brazilians, you're so sexy. All yeah. my Americans are jealous that I'm here with all my sexy <laughs> You know, it would go on and on. And I realized, I put my finger on it, I'm flirting with the audience. I don't flirt with my audience when I'm in Germany, for instance. Right on. I will have a whole different kind of yeah. joke. I'll, I'll tell a joke in German yeah. or something. And you'll, but, and, you'll, and you'll end the set on time. Exactly. <laughs> well, then I'll talk about the fact. I say the Germans are perverse because they make you listen because they'll put the verb at the end of the sentence. Oh, man. And they have all those, all the... Uh, the huge words, so it can go on forever, and they make you, and they'll all laugh at that, and I'll say that all in German, and they think that's hilarious because they know it's true. Yeah, but not in Brazil. In Talk Brazil, like Yoda, you must. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. I never knew that Yoda was German. Yoda, that's all right. His I never syntaxes. thought of that. That's right. Why did 
Thank you for that. I, oh, I should have noticed that. I'm, I'm getting lots of <laughs> I'm them full here. Of important global <laughs> insights. <laughs> Right in time for the new Star Wars movie. Anyway, this is this is a very current show, so we want these things. But I noticed that when I'm in Brazil, and then I loved you talking about how they are after a love affair well, and what their thoughts are. are. But I, yeah. but no, talk about that because it's a beautiful thought. Well, it's sweet. You I know, concur. I mean, on this record, I really again. I, I mean, I, I'm always. Um, on any of my records and in any of my shows, I'm looking for levity. That's one of the things I have to be more conscious of because I'm not uh, – although I think the shows have a lot of levity in them mm. naturally and I've I've loosened up considerably, the choices I make when it comes time for a recording tend not to be um, organically light. Mm. I tend – my Teutonic self, boy, I go operatic a lot easier than I do uh, – sort of polka dots and moonbeams kind of a thing. No, I don't I don't see you as a polka dots and no, moonbeam kind of guy. No, although I can <laughs> that's one of my favorites, but it's not I mean not in a happy that's yeah, what we're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um but Brazil is a, is one of the lovely places where you can have your I mean it's this whole sadage thing. You can have both at the same time. It's one of my favorite words. Talk about it's, that cuz I think it's a lovely it's, concept it's but we don't well, have it's, it. Well it's the it's the concept of being equally equally sad and equally happy at the same time and and it's this unique state of mind that ha- it's it's kind of like your yes the evening is at the beautiful golden hour but you're a million miles away from your love and you can't share it with her. So what? So is it wasted? Well, no, it isn't wasted, but she's still not here. <laughs> oh, boy. But the choice that I got to make for this record, I got to have beautiful Sarah Gazeric on. And, and I, I love the lyric for this because it's so just straight up like, hey, hey, cutie pie, have, have you been to Bahia? Well, it's got good food. <laughs> Does it have good food? It's got good food. Does it have a beach? It's got a beach. Does it have samba? It's got samba. If you really want to make it, you should make the scene in Bahia. <laughs> Just like, yeah, unadorned joy. Yeah, well, that's Brazil. <laughs> I know. Você já foi a Bahia, nega, não. Então vá. Quem vai é um bofim, mina nega. Nunca mais que voltar. Salvador, 
Além brusas de donzelas, todo o tempo do imperador. Tudo, tudo na Bahia faz a gente querer bem. A Bahia tem um jeito que nem a terra tem. Lá tem Vatapá, dá um Lá tem Caruru, dá um Lá tem Gunduza, dá um Se quiser samba, dá um Você já foi a Bahia negra, You've been listening to the first half of my conversation with Kurt Elling. I hope you'll join me here next time when we continue our discussion about his favorite musicians and how they inspire him. I'm Judy Carmichael, the host and producer of Jazz Inspired. My production engineer is Curtis Heidoff. You can download podcasts of Jazz Inspired from all the usual platforms or listen at jazzinspired.com. Our opening music was airmail special, and the mid-break music is a smooth one from my CD, High on Fats and Other Stuff. The closing music is Old Fashioned Love from my CD trio. I'm on piano with my Cashamon sax and Chris Flory on guitar. Although we broadcast on NPR stations, we are an independent production, not funded by NPR. We're funded primarily by your donations, so please visit jazzinspired.com to chip in. No gift is too small. 2020 marks our 20th year, and we need your support to keep it all going. Additional support for Jazz Inspired is provided by Jazz on the Tube, the largest annotated collection of classic jazz videos online from Louis Armstrong to Miles Davis and beyond, plus an extensive section of videos and educational material on Afro-Cuban jazz, all available with a free subscription at jazzonthetube.com. Special thanks to Dan Fortune for introducing me to Kurt Elling and arranging our time together. For more information, visit jazzinspired.com or judycarmichael.com. <laughs>